Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Stuff I Don't Like podcast, hosted by me, Ray Benjamin. On every episode, we seek to educate our listeners with a mix of humor, honesty, and zero chill. You can follow us on Instagram at Stuff I Don't Like Podcast, and now I'm happy to announce we're on the iHeartRadio app, so you can find our podcast there. Just search for Stuff I Don't Like. So wherever you're listening to the show, I want you to do me a huge favor. I want you to like, comment, subscribe, share it with your friends so the show can continue to grow and excel. On Facebook recently, I've been seeing the show's been getting a lot of new likes. I don't know where that's coming from because I don't really go on Facebook that much. (laughs) But thank you. Shout out to all the new fans and new listeners. Um, I love you know when you guys leave comments or dm me or message me so keep it up and thanks for your support if you didn't know i'm also if you didn't know i also um have co-written and produced a new cartoon web series called julisa who it's a one minute animated show that follows the adulting fails of the title character julisa whether Julissa's trying to avoid her annoying co-workers or an unsolicited threesome at a coffee shop, her inner thoughts rarely match the unbothered demeanor she pretends to maintain. We post new episodes on Instagram every Tuesday, and you can follow us at Julissa, that's J-U-L-I-S-A underscore W-H-O, or you can visit our website at julissahoo.com. So now that we got all of that fun stuff out of the way, let's go ahead and start the show. Here's part two of my interview with Katie, aka the Millennial Money Honey. If you haven't listened to part one, please just go to wherever you're listening to this podcast now. Um, stream last week's episode so that you can catch up and get to know what we're talking about. But in this episode, we're going to do a deeper dive into how you can start saving if you are on a budget, if you have student loan debt, if you do have high rent payments, what are some steps you can take to start saving and investing in your financial future today? So yes, I did. I Katie's my friend, so I like give her shit all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, she has her financial Instagram, so I do roast Katie. Mm -hmm. If you see in the comments, (laughs) Ray Ray, that's me. (laughs) That's her. Look for the roast. Any any uh, light hater aid is is probably Ray. I hate to make her better hate hate to make you great (laughs) oh that's a good good slogan i like that but my but she did address this but one thing that bothers me about a lot of these fire financial people i think that they come from a, a place of privilege where like you said i don't have any student loans i don't have a car payment we live in los angeles so your rent is extremely low, low yeah um to live here so i think a lot of people you know they might not have that they might have to spend half their income on rent they might have student loans so what advice would you give to those people i would say it's still definitely attainable like you can still 
like, even given all of your necessary expenses, there are ways for you to save, you know, be able to contribute even a little bit to savings. Um, and that obviously, if you can buy everything outright, and once it's paid off, like all those, that money that you are putting towards your debts can makes a huge difference. Like once you pay out, have zero debt, I mean, it will take you like years, but if you're working towards it steadily, you'll eventually not have that debt anymore. I agree. For me, like paying off my car, like not having a car payment, my car is paid off like five years ago. And that just is such like a big chunk of money that that you can have. And some people like, I really don't understand people that lease cars no offense audience (laughs) but i feel like just like perpetual payments for something that you will never own and i don't really understand it like when i paid off my car literally my mom called me the next week and was like you gonna get a new car now what no no, i'm fucking ride this shit till it doesn't work like and even like the maintenance like no, it's, it's actually not, relatively really low. low. It's much you, what cheaper. What do you drive a Honda? I have a Toyota, Toyota Corolla, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I have very. It, it gives me. It's great. It has mm-hmm. great gas. Very low maintenance. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a. I've never had any major issues with the car. Just standard. And even if you like, did buy like, a new battery, like yeah. it's a couple hundred. Even bucks. if you did, like that's not gonna be the amount of yeah. like the new a new car <laughs> I, yeah i really don't understand i'm all um, for buying me cars too. keeping them way be keep i i feel like it also goes with the the waste less and minimalism thing like i feel like we're very caught in a society that keeps telling you, you need the newest one you need mm-hmm. the newest one i was like no i'm gonna keep this one until it stops working i was reading a book called um like the secret millionaire or the millionaire next door and about like researching the quote unquote millionaires of America. Mm -hmm. And it was saying like the people you think are millionaires are the people driving like the old Toyota Corolla. And like like, the people, yeah, the people who have like the flashy new cars are probably not that rich. That's a hundred percent true. As someone that used to work at Equinox, like rich people gym, you would not believe these people would be rolling up in fucking Rolls Royce. Yeah. And then, like, their credit card was declined for their membership and they couldn't even afford to pay the $200 or whatever. And yeah. they have, like, a Rolls Royce. They have their Louis Vuitton gym a Rolex. And all this stuff. <laughs> so I think a lot of times we're tricked into trying to keep up with people, but these people can't even keep up with themselves. Like, they're doing fakery and it's pushing you to think, oh, Oh, I need to act like them, but they don't even, they're not even real. <laughs> Their credit card is getting declined. Yeah, like that's wild. <laughs> someone told me, like, this influencer girl I know told me that a lot of times you see these influencers like pose in front of cars, they just rent these cars for like a few hours to for pose. The photo yes. shoot. <laughs> or like they'll rent an Airbnb to take pics in. You think that's their house. That's <laughs> a fucking Airbnb. And I personally know people that are influencers have 30, 40, 50,000 followers and these people broke as hell (laughs) (laughs) don't let those pictures fool you no i think it's important in the social media era like we need to sift through what's fake and what's real and i think that 
no matter how little money you make, I feel like you can always save something. Mm -hmm. Even if you make $2,000 a month and your rent's $1,000 and this and that, if you can only afford to save $10, that's better than nothing. I think that people forget how things compound and so you might think oh fuck it was was only ten dollars i just won't save anything but at the end of the year you could have had a hundred and twenty dollars still not that much but imagine if you save a hundred and twenty dollars over ten years and then there's interest compounded you'll have a few thousand dollars and it only took ten thousand ten dollars a month yeah so i mean yeah back to the point of people who do have these things i think yeah it's just important that like no matter where you are at whatever cards you've dealt in your playing field that you can attain this financial independence Mm. it's i think it's a bad mentality to say oh i can't if you already have the mentality that oh i can't do it because x y and z you'll never get there yeah you're you know it's like yes not everybody had the same advantages that I have had or that anybody else that they're comparing themselves on Instagram to has had. But if you don't have the mentality, like, I can be there with you. And I think that's what's nice about the FIRE community too is that, like, no matter where you are, that people still celebrate your successes and your wins and, like, you have this community of people who really support each other in this journey. I think that's good because in my uh, hateration of Katie, I, I said, you know... This isn't realistic. This is not the average person. The average person has this and that. And the average person can't give... They can't save this much. And you said something very profound. No. Say it. <laughs> say it now. I was just saying, why do you want to be average? Yeah. <laughs> like, you shouldn't have the mentality of like, oh, I'm going to be average. Like, you should want to be different. And you should want to be not normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I really enjoyed that Katie schooled me. (laughs) (laughs) Once. (laughs) Score 100 to (laughs) 1. But I think that is the right mentality. I think a lot of times we can sort of get stuck on the negative things. Like, oh, I just, I can't. Yeah, like, I don't make this much money. Mm -hmm. And that's what I also said, like, what if you don't make this much money? And Katie's like, well, why can't you negotiate to make more money? Yeah, I mean, there's two things. You could either negotiate more or spend less, so. No, I think that's true. (laughs) Like, it's very blunt, and I feel like a lot of times people want to, I guess, be sugar-coated, but you're right. Like, I think a lot of people, like, Like I said, I think living below your means is the key takeaway from this. Because I think a lot of people live within their means. And if they just lived a little bit below, they probably could save a lot more and enjoy their life a lot more, too. And that's the goal. Money isn't everything, but being able to live your life and enjoy it and do what you want to do to pursue your passions and not be beholden to like the man or corporate America. Like that's the dream of fire. I agree. And for me, like I said, I, I always thought this as a young, at a young age, like I never really want to retire. I, I, I like, I feel like going to work, it gives me something to do. It gives me a purpose. Mm -hmm. And so I've never really wanted to retire, but at the same point, like I don't want to have to work. Yeah. Like there's been jobs that I've hated, but I needed money. So I had to 
have this job and I don't ever want to be in a position where I have to do something that I hate to make money I can do I can always have a job but I can have a job that I actually love and enjoy rather than being forced to do something because I need a paycheck yeah so I think if we take a step back um what are some of your investments like is like what investments do you recommend people start so that they can have this money so it i mean investment wise mutual hmm. funds yeah i am a huge fan of index funds because they're super low cost and diverse so that just means to buy them on the ex- when you're looking to buy things you always want to look at the expense ratios so how much you're paying towards the maintenance of the fund and usually index funds are something like 0.06 percent like something really really small like and so instead of paying that money to the the investment bankers on wall street like you're paying it to like yourself you know so what use wealth front i use wealth front um so for somebody just getting started robo-advisors are super easy. They buy a diverse range of index funds. So like they'll buy an index funds that covers the U.S. stock market. They'll an index fund portfolio that covers international. Um, and like, um, yeah. So, and it just automatically does everything for you. Like you put in a hundred dollars, they'll buy everything for you and it's automatic and done. And, um, there is like a, a, fee though to it it's like 0.25% but that's relatively nothing versus finding a financial advisor but if you do want to just like do it yourself you could open a at a firm like Vanguard or Fidelity or Charles Schwab and if you I, the easiest index fund for anybody just starting is probably a target date index fund so you would pick an index fund for the year that you can retire um, so I'm in like the 2055 one for like 65, even though I'm like planning on retiring yeah. earlier than that. I think for most, it'll still make sense because I, I probably won't want to touch it. And, and right now I'm so young and if worse comes to worse, I just won't touch it till like I'm 65 <clears throat> anyway. But those are inside that target date fund is also almost like a mini robo advisor like it'll buy like a little bit of u.s stocks like foreign um and then like it slowly as you get closer to retirement out rebalances the portfolio so it buys more bonds mm. and like automatically less like e- yes less risky things as you move towards retirement and rebalances itself so i like that or you could again diy index funds which is you if you're young you want to buy a large um stock portfolio so just matching the S&P 500 or you know something like that and then like maybe like two percent in bonds and then slowly but then you have to rebalance it yourself every if you get too like heavy and into like international and that's performing really well then you want to go in and rebalance it like every quarter but yeah that's for more maybe more advanced people yeah I don't know what you just said yeah Um, no, but I'm proud of Katie because I feel like she taught herself all yeah. these things just a few years ago. I remember she didn't even have a credit know. card. Yeah, she <laughs> had no credit card. 
I think you were like, what is 401k? Yeah, <laughs> like you didn't know like any of these things. It definitely but you taught s- yourself and now you're very knowledgeable yeah. in giving other people advice. I think that shows that you can start anywhere with a, no knowledge at all. Google and, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and teach yourself and be yeah. able to do these things. Um, I did want to say that um, as far as the mutual funds, I was going to buy some and mm-hmm. then I started doing research like I don't want to invest in shitty things as mm. we said our our wallet can be our vote yeah. so a lot of times you have to be wary if you know you don't like guns or if mm-hmm. you are against you know like oil drilling a lot of times when you buy these funds because they are investing in anything you might not know mm-hmm. so I did some research on like funds that were you know clean energy funds Mm -hmm. or funds that supported you know different causes that I actually could be behind I made a list I'll post a list of them in the episode description and I also like um Aspiration Bank um I signed up with them and bought um some funds through them and all of their funds are you know clean energy no oil lots of things so I think uh yeah Invest in what you want to invest in. If you don't believe in things, obviously don't just try to get some money and (laughs) invest in shitty things (laughs) that you do not believe in. But if you like guns, I guess shoot them up. (laughs) I'm not endorsing guns. That was a joke. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, main thing is, yeah, robo-advisor if you really know nothing and target date funds for people who don't also know nothing (laughs) yes and i think with i feel like people our age especially the millennials we're changing the face of work i think gen z Z? they're much worse than what us (laughs) i feel like they don't want to work at all and i i was reading how and i don't think they should to be honest not not at all but i mean i was reading how basically the work landscape is going to have to radically shift because people our age and younger don't want to be in an office five days a week for eight to ten hours a day and i agree like most of the time we're at work is a waste of fucking time. Like, I'm a huge advocate of I think there should be a four-day work week. I honestly don't think people need to be at work every day. Like, as someone who has worked every day, you come on, people. You know 30% of the time you're fucking on Google, you're laughing at memes, you're talking shit with your coworkers at the coffee stand. You're not doing fucking work. <laughs> like, so I think we can eliminate that one day. And if you only had four days to do your work, you would actually do your work instead of just shooting the shit and wasting time. That's my speech. <laughs> Thank you for coming to raise Ted Talk. <laughs> four out, four day work week. It can, it should be done. The four, the four hour work week, like Tim oh, Ferriss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you read that book? I, I did it. actually. Do you have it? Can I? Borrow I have it. it? Yeah, can you can borrow. borrow it? Thank you, you can borrow it. I mean, I don't agree with it. I mean, I I like it, but it's basically like 
it's kind of anti my philosophy. Like I do believe that you should do work to that is fulfilling and enriching. His whole mm-hmm. thing is like you don't need to do that. You basically just need to do what's gonna make you money. So he's like started <laughs> these businesses that will allow him like a stream of income to do what he wants to do. Oh, so gotcha. like he's like you can start a business like this, like like as basically, which is true. Like I don't fault him. Like it's just. I I enjoyed the book and I think you should read it and I think people should read it. For me, it's just not my personal philosophy, mm-hmm. but I think the gist is the same is that you shouldn't spend all your time doing something that you don't want to do to make money that you're not even going to be able to enjoy because you're spending so much time doing the stuff you don't <laughs> want to do. So I well, think that's a good, that's, I mean, that's a good that, philosophy. That's yeah. the truth. That's the truth and I don't think that anyone should do that like either have a job that you enjoy or have some independent streams of revenue or you don't have to yeah. have a job but the mm-hmm. gist is like don't waste all your life doing some shit you don't want to do which is the truth a good book that i just read for also anybody like looking into like saving and building up like their own version of financial independence is um Ramit Sethi's uh, I Will Teach You to Be Rich. Mm. Um, and I think Let he's me like... That yeah, yeah, me. I will. Actually, I was looking that for it on the shelf over there for you. <laughs> but um, it, it, it just basically, he's like really funny and breaks it down like, no bullshit, like you need to save like this much, this much, this much, and, like, just automate everything, and you'll be rich, like, oh. in, you know, like... <laughs> but saving won't make you rich. No, but he, he goes, he breaks down all those, like, target date funds, oh, or, okay. like, portfolio models, or, like, just pick one, do something, do anything, and yeah. you will be rich in I good time. That is the truth, just do something, and start, like, however young you are, I feel like start as young as possible, because I even think about all the money I wasted when I was young. I wasted I so much You could have been retired by now. Like, honestly, like, I, I remember the first, one of my first jobs, I worked at Disneyland. And so I remember the first time I got, like, A paycheck. My, no, no, it was like the end of the year uh, when I had to uh-huh. do my taxes uh-huh. and the first time I got my whatever uh-huh. money, the W-2 oh, that showed how much money you I got made for the year. Yeah. I'm like, I made this much money? For the year? Like a lot or a little? No, I think it was a lot. I mean, it wasn't a lot, but it was a lot for For me, like 17. And I was, I didn't have to spend any money Uh because like I was 17. Uh Yeah. So I'm like, I made, I can't remember. So I made like 20 something thousand dollars. And it's like, what the fuck did I do? Like, I <laughs> had nothing to show for. I, oh, it blew my mind. Like, that's and, and that was like, I was at an age where I could have, honestly, I could have probably saved all of that 20000 because I was a kid and yeah. didn't have any expenses. expenses. And so that just blew my mind. Like, I could have had fucking $20,000. What the hell did I do? It's probably at the club. I did go to the club while I was popping bottles. <laughs> I don't know what the Were fuck. Were you? I was like... <laughs> No, you I went a table service. I finesse what? men. Into oh, <laughs> no, you weren't even. <laughs> That's another episode. Out to finesse. <laughs> no, but I honestly, I think I was buying clothes. Probably. probably. Like I really don't know. Like I, that was the first time I had an epiphany. Like wow, 
I could have had $20,000. I have wild. no clue where the fuck this money went because I don't remember. I don't have any of it. And I feel like a lot of us do that. It's like you just spend money, don't even realize. Mindlessly. Yeah. Yeah, I think something to think about spending is just like being mindful. Yes. Of, like mindfulness, like not to go all hippie dippy. No, but, but like, it's true. I feel like the minimalist taught me that. Like I realized I was just mindlessly... Oh, that's oh, that looks cute. And buy this, buy yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, now I have 50 of the things that honestly look the same. I don't need 50 things that look the same. Or like, I just bought this because it's on sale. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started doing this thing where if I go shopping, I'll put it in my, I'll like pick it up and I'll walk around the store for like 30, 40 minutes. I don't immediately buy it. Like, I just pick it up, and then I'm like, if I still want this 30 minutes from now, I'll buy it. But a lot of times, like, I don't really want this anymore. I don't need it. So yeah. I'll put it back <laughs> and leave the store. And it's like, a lot of times, yeah, you're just looking for this quick rush. I would buy the, I had things that just still had the tags on it. I'd never wore them. I had so much Oh, stuff. sample sale. Yeah, not a honestly. good deal. Nothing is a good deal unless you really needed it. Like, no, you're, either I way, you're spending stuff. money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just buy some like, this deal. Never well, you were <laughs> you weren't gonna the it's just like fifteen dollars down the drain if even if it was a quote unquote. You're right. Deal. I do admire you for your restraint and spending. She goes to the goodwill, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I, making it hard to shop and like setting restrictions on myself just makes you be more mindful. <laughs> no, it does. It does, and then you realize like, do I really want this? I also set a rule for myself because I was trying to get rid of things that for every one thing I bought, I would get rid of three things. Mm-hmm. So I was, How's that working out for you? I kind of stopped doing it. <laughs> but there was a point that I did it for a very long period of time and I got rid of so much stuff. And it made me really like, do I really want this? Because I'm going to have to get rid of three things. So it has to be something that will really add to my wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Not just a $3 Forever 21 tea. Yeah. Like, do I really need this? And so it made me not stop. I need to go back on my not buying things. But I'm going oh, to London. 2020. I'm going to London in a few weeks. So I need oh, to okay. ball out. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's my favorite place to shop, London. All my favorite stores are there. So I'm going to buy clothes. Good. No, you should. <laughs> but that's why. But you can. Because you yeah. saved. You've earned yourself. You like. Yes. You go through all these things like life isn't worth living if you're not living like if you're restraining yourself so that's another thing like there's a balance between being so frugal and so cheap that is like you can't do anything if you have a ten (laughs) dollar budget entertainment budget for example oh she's shady sorry so i've had katie on this episode to talk about fire and come from a different perspective but i'm gonna interview my friend uh next week and we're gonna talk about her saving methods because hers are more extreme i think katie is more lax but my friend who you know is not as privileged as katie she has she has a high amount of debt from student loans from other things um she has a mortgage but she manages to save a lot and she will have all of her debts paid off 
in a few years through her extreme methods. Does she do like Dave Ramsey or anything? Yeah, oh, she loves that oh, Dave okay. Ramsey. <laughs> so she's on Baby Step, whatever. There's that, I don't know. I had never heard wild, of him until that's she a, told it's me a, about this. The debt-free community, um, yeah. the acolytes of Dave Ramsey yeah, she, are so are really interesting. She um, loves Dave Ramsey. Yeah. They, they, there's like this whole like baby step one, two. I just learned about this because, again, not having true any true debts, there's this whole big debt-free community and they're all like Dave Ramsey followers. Yeah, so she's it's very interesting about that. Like, she used cash envelopes? Yeah, That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> Got it. She was telling me. I will say I kind of did that naturally. I would just withdraw like a couple hundred dollars a month and that was my budgeting, and, like, when when this runs out, I'm done. And I would only use my debit card to buy, like, gas or pay uh-huh. bills. For me, that helped me stop spending yeah. a lot of money to physically see the see dollars the go away. I feel like if you're just swiping your card For all sure. the time, it's very easy to not pay attention. Right. So I just use my debit card for, like, actual do expenses. Do I do it most of the time. But then, are you not earning, like, points and stuff for your credit card? No, because I have some bills. Like, I pay, like, the gym membership is um. on my credit card, so I get cash back. Mm-hmm. I do use my Prime card yeah. if I go to, like, Whole Foods, because you get 5% back at Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's a lot of deals if you're a Prime member. You, get, you save a lot. Mm-hmm. So if you go to Whole Foods... Highly recommend getting the Amazon Prime card. Also, if you buy things from Amazon. I wanted to start... I want to start a business where people, like... People, if you're listening, you can take this (laughs) idea. Because I'm just trying to help. (laughs) Like, I feel like Amazon boxes... Like, they're in such good condition, and you just throw these boxes away. Like, there should be a service where Amazon will, like, take the box back and reuse the same boxes. Mm -hmm. Because I think, just think that's very wasteful. Or maybe you could just have, like, some bin. Like, and they put your packages in the bin. Or put your stuff in the bin instead of... Amazon Locker. Oh, but is it still in a package? I've never done it. Oh, okay. I don't think so. Actually, maybe. I don't know. I just feel like, okay, well, that's all. But I feel like there should be a reboxing, like, take your stuff out, leave the box on the step, and they'll just reuse the same boxes over. Yeah, Because it's so, so wasteful. So wasteful, yeah. Well, maybe one day when it's drone delivery, they'll just not, it won't be in a box, maybe. Wait, they'll just drop it, you'll it's just your hands yeah. out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like there needs to be a, some box pickup. Yeah, so like people, you want to take wasteful. that idea? We maybe we can coordinate engineer. Co- coordinate with Uber. Like the Uber drivers can pick up the boxes. I don't oh, know, okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying we can reuse these boxes. They're like perfectly good boxes that you just they're just One time throwing use, away. Yeah, yeah. waste single serve waste. <laughs> okay. All right. Anything else? <laughs> uh, this is a long ass episode. <laughs> I might split. I'll split it yeah. in two. That'll save me some work. <laughs> I'll okay. have to do another one. <laughs> but what are your plans for for housing? Are, do you plan to buy a home, or is your fire just rent forever? Is that in your? 
I think money. it's right now, as of right now, it just doesn't make sense for me unless I was able to house hack, which is like when you buy a multifamily and rent out, rent it out to like cover your mortgages and expenses. But it just n- doesn't make sense for me here. And I think that's a common like, I mean, owning a home is just like the American dream, I feel like. And it's so hard. And I, I, I've always wanted to like obviously own a house, but it just doesn't make sense financially in yeah achieving my goals no I mean it's not sad it's just like you know they say rent is like throwing away money but I honestly look at it as like renting takes the ease of homeownership like the responsibility off of you you know like you're paying for somebody to take care of your premises like you don't need to maintain your yard or garden like things when things are ground your landlord takes care of it I mean but isn't you know? that comparable to leasing a car? But I still think the home doesn't necessarily, like, it doesn't appreciate in value either. I think they do. Like, depends where. Like, it depends. It just totally depends on your area. Like, if I were to buy a million-dollar house here, like, there's no way it's going to appreciate more than, like, once all costs are all factored in, like, the the home value in this area is not going to go up, like, 50%. It just well, isn't. We're in a bubble, so it's gonna. I've are I have like red fin alerts on my phone. <laughs> so I already see that prices are decreasing right. like every time I get an alert like this pri- this house has dropped 100,000 cuz mm-hmm. no one's buying it. Um I feel like it's not going to be as bad as a 2008 crash, but we're definitely going to see another crash i feel by next year or the year after just from people i my friends are real estate agents they're mortgage lenders and Mm -hmm. they're saying it's pretty much similar conditions people can't afford to live like yeah uh, there's no way you know back in the olden times you could you could buy a house because the housing was cheaper and now inflation has not kept up with wages wages mm-hmm. have not ro- risen but housing prices are hugely inflated so i think that i feel like people want to buy a house and we should make it so that they can yeah. not have people just settle and be like oh i guess i can't afford it i feel like it you know, all the statistics show millennials aren't buying houses, but I don't. That's not because they don't want to buy a house. It's because they can't buy a house. I don't know anyone who doesn't. All the people I know that don't have houses, it's because they can't afford to mm-hmm. buy a house. If they could afford to buy a house, they would. I, don't I read think. somewhere um, this. Uh, if you should check out Personal Finance Club's Instagram, if you if you don't follow him already. This guy, Jeremy, is like makes really interesting, informative posts. But it's something like um, home prices have gone up about 4% in the last 100 years, just generally. Um, and that, like, compared to the 10% that the stock market has gained, like, it just makes more sense to have I your... I feel like that's a l- not true at all. Maybe, like, overall, but... It just depends on the market. I mean, generally, like, I mean, America's... 
maybe that's overall but i feel like you can't look at overall you need to look at city trends like i personally know as someone whose family has lived in la Mm -hmm. for since my grandma my mom Mm -hmm. me like my grandma's house has probably quadrupled in value over 50 years so i to say that it's just false i don't i don't believe that i mean and like you can look at city by city and see that's not true well, but, like, yeah, I guess, like, <laughs> oh, in the city, but then... I mean, if you're looking at overall, like, but yeah. I feel like statistics like that are not helpful to people that live in cities. Maybe that's true if you're, like, in some rural place, but, like, yeah. if you live in New York or L.A. or San Francisco, like, you know that that is lies and that's not helpful. And the va- I think most people live in cities, not not those areas so i don't believe that whoever okay. your name is well. <laughs> it's not true like i just get like you know that's not true this is your grandma's house you think the value has risen four percent in the last since she's owned it no yeah but like <laughs> the value is also not gonna appreciate much more than like i don't know i feel like it's not be i feel like I don't know. I'm not a a real estate expert, but I know from, like I said, living here or I can see gentrification is a gigantic issue in this city. Yeah. And that's due to soaring housing prices. It's uh, to say that housing has only risen 4%. Okay. Well, but like the, the, I'm just, it's just more like the value now is not going to increase that much more how do you know that i just don't think so i feel like well, that's one thing that always increases is property values generally It'll i feel like down. my parents have only ever lost money on their houses oh yeah well that sucks yeah <laughs> but then and yet they still encourage me to like buy a house but i'm like i feel like literally never made money on a house oh, except for okay. one one I guess- but of the four or five houses they've owned. Well, I guess all the people I know have, all of their properties have appreciated yeah. in value. Even my friend who owns the multi-unit, her, I think it's already appreciated like 20% and she just bought it four or five years mm-hmm. ago. So. I still think, well, because I feel like East LA still has like room to grow. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like Versus like, Mar Vista. It's already gentrified. Yeah, but still, Mar Vista property values have soared. Like, if you look at this, like, if look at a house that sold five or ten years ago in Mar Vista and look at a house that's yeah. selling now, it's a huge discrepancy. That's true. So, don't believe that guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, unless you live in, like, Montana or yeah. a field, but I feel like if you live in a city, that's not true at yeah, all. Yeah, the barrier to entry, though, is just really high is what the problem is. Oh, I agree. I agree. But I feel like... I in any city, I guess, that has, like, Well, you Southern can California's. buy things that are affordable. Like, my friend bought a foreclosed home in um Lincoln Heights I think for around $200,000. My other friend's parents they bought a foreclosed home in Redondo Beach for around 
$500,000, which is like half the price that other homes in that area cost. Mm. So I feel like... So foreclosed homes sound like the way to go in a yeah. Southern California. <laughs> I mean, sadly, but I feel like like there's going to be another market crash soon. You can already see that um, with the, I think the last year prices have stabilized. They're not getting any higher. They're stabilizing and dropping slightly and they're mm-hmm. going to drop even more because people can't afford to buy houses. So <laughs> they have to drop or yeah. they will not sell. So I would advise anyone to want to buy a house to wait like a year and you could probably save a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. But also, don't wait to start investing. Oh, no. I'm not <laughs> saying that. You should always invest. And that's and you can... Oh, write a quote somewhere. It's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. Okay. For, for the stock market. Oh, did you yeah. make that up? No. Oh. no, no, no. <laughs> that no matter if you think, oh, a recession's about to happen, it doesn't matter. You should still invest. No, I that, agree. The, yeah, so that's... The market g- generally trends upward. I mm-hmm. think that... People get scared because of recessions and whatnot, but generally you're going to yeah. make money. You always make not on you're individual not stuff. Always not no. on a year by year basis, by, but like but in, aggregate total, yes, you're gonna make money. Yes, exactly. And don't take your money out when it's low because that's like the worst time to take it out. Mm. That's like literally the worst time. You should buy more. Yes, think about it as. Stocks are on sale. No, I agree. That's like agree. a good time to buy. I agree. Buy more. Whatever buy anybody more. else does, don't do that. Like, buy more. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> well, you can. Yeah, this was a weird tangent to recircle back on. Oh, okay. So back to fire. No. Well, I mean. Oh, okay. Well. Uh, <laughs> goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> So, Katie, for the people that liked this interview, I guess, I don't know why. (laughs) Just kidding. Wow. As I said, I like to tease Katie. (laughs) Hate to make it great. (laughs) How can the people follow you, find you, listen to more of your advice? Um, So you can find me on Instagram at Katie Takimoto, um, C-A-T-I-E-T-A-K-I-M-O-T-O, or um, katietakamoto.com slash journal to actually follow along um, on my fire journey. Oh, yes. I really want to see this um, Katie retire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can't wait till we can just like sit in the case ball all day and <laughs> be retired together, right? <laughs> I'll probably be working. I can still I'll probably visit be working you. too. <laughs> I'll visit you at the case bar. Okay, goodbye, listeners. Goodbye. <laughs>「You can also visit the website stuffidontlike.net or follow us on Instagram at stuffidontlikepodcast to keep up with more of the show. Thanks, guys. See you next week.